right, go ahead and turn with me, Philippians, one more time. Uh, this will be our last time in Philippians, probably for a very, very long time. Philippians chapter 4, uh, we are going to finish off this series today. And if there's anything that I have learned uh, personally from uh, studying the book of Philippians is that uh, our hope is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, and so as we, as we think about that and as you're turning there, I want you uh, to think about a, a question that uh, I've been thinking to myself and asking myself and want to ask it to you. What does it look like for me to be on mission? In your context, what does it look like for you to be on mission? Now, we're talking workplace, we're talking personal life, we're talking uh, spiritual life, church life. What does it look like for me to be on mission for Christ? Not, not just the church. Uh, we're talking about you in the church, uh, not the person beside you or the person that may be in front of you. But what does it look like for me uh, to be on mission with Jesus? Here's, a, here's another question. Do you believe in your own life right now, would you consider yourself to be on mission for Christ? Would you consider yourself to be on mission for Jesus? Are you doing all that you can? to ensure the success of your spiritual life, but also everything that you can do for the church as well. And so as we think about those questions, as we ponder those questions, I, I want to caution us today uh, to stay on mission. Uh, it's been easy to talk about being on mission for the last 20 weeks or so. Uh, simplicity is what has gotten us here, so let's not complicate things. Uh, simplicity is how we've started the church, we've carried the church, we try not to make things uh, too complicated, the doing the, uh, the local projects, being the hands and feet in the community, uh, not losing sight of that. But together, we're stronger. Together, we're on mission. We can be on mission. So I would say this, if the Lord puts a mission project on your heart, don't come to me and say, Pastor, we need to do this project. Own that project. You carry out that project and let me know how the church can get behind you in that project. Let's, let's own what our, our, our thoughts are. Let's own what our, our ministry may be. And let us come alongside of you and encourage you and help you and to lift you up in that so that we can let that vision that, that God gave you, He put it inside of your heart, so He gave that to you. Let's own that and let's make it happen. And so that's my, my plea to you. Paul, Paul had a huge heart uh, for this church at Philippi. Uh, and, and I believe that uh, my heart is your pastor as it grows stronger and stronger every week as we uh, walk beside each other in, in ministry. Uh, and and I, get, I get the opportunity, I get the, the privilege every week to cheer you on, uh, to, to see you do what God's called you to do. I, I love the fact that I get to partner with you and be your pastor at Crosslight. The, the same work that God was doing at Philippi, I believe is the same work that God can do at Cross Life. I believe the same God that was working those miracles in Caesar's palace as, as Paul was preaching to them, as Paul was uh, giving uh, so much gospel to them and they were turning to the gospel, that same thing can happen in the prison here in Rowan County. It can happen in our community out there. It can do that. 
God is the same God that was the God serving in Philippi. It is never easy to do the Lord's work, is it not? Uh, if it was, everybody would do, do it. Don't you remember the, uh, the commercials with the caveman? So easy a caveman can do it. Like, look, us as, as believers, if ministry was easy, everybody would be jumping in the boat to do it. But it's not going to be easy. The Lord, the Lord doesn't tell us it's going to be easy. But what He will say is He's going to walk with us. And so what we're going to do today, we're going to focus on the last three verses of Philippians 4. And I'm actually, Lord willing, I'm, I'm planning to wrap this thing up pretty quick today. Because um, there's not a whole lot left for me to share with you. Verses 21 through 23 is where we're going to be. Let's read what Paul says to end this letter. Greet every saint. In Christ Jesus, the brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So what we want to do this morning, we're going to go through this in a, in a very simple terms of what uh, Paul just said in these verses. Uh, one thing that we can uh, see in these verses, Paul, Paul asked for uh, each member to be greeted by him. Uh, he wants everyone to be greeted in uh, verse 21. Greet, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. We also learn in this passage that Paul sent greetings from the ones that he was ministering to in the prison. Uh, and even those who wanted to send greetings because they were in Jesus, they were on mission, they were experiencing this thing called life together. Uh, this is probably coming from uh, Timothy and Epaphroditus. Remember those two guys back in, in chapter 2? Uh, they, were, they were with him in prison at this time. There's something else that we see, though. All of the saints greet you, especially those in the household of Caesar. And, and, and as we can look at that and as we see that, they had never met these people at Philippi before. They had never seen them before, but they had heard about them. Paul was telling them about that church at Philippi. And so, remember last week I told you they were, they were chained to Paul. Uh, they, they took four six-hour shifts a day, and they were chained to Paul. And so imagine being chained to this Jesus freak who wouldn't stop talking about Jesus, who just continued to carry on and carry on and preach Jesus over and over and over for six hours a day. You were having to listen to this guy. And, and some of them were probably like, man, if this guy doesn't be quiet, I'm just going to give my life to the Lord so I don't have to hear him no more. Like, that's what they were at. They were at their end, right? Like, like imagine having to be chained to John for six hours a day. God help us. Uh, I couldn't imagine what life would be like. Um, man, I pray for Kathy often. Uh, but they wanted to send their greeting. They did. He, he was probably sharing all of the great things that they were doing. Uh, so when Paul sent his greetings to them, they wanted to send those greetings through their partnership with one another. Re remember when I, I shared with you all the way back in week one. Now you got to go back in your memory a little bit. Week one. Of this series, sometimes the gospel advances through unexpected circumstances. Remember that? The gospel advances through unusual situations, meaning sometimes the gospel advances in ways that we cannot imagine. We cannot comprehend it. We say, 
There's no way God will work through that. There's no way that God's ever going to save that person. There, there's no way that God can ever move in a mighty way like uh, they, that it was back in the, the, the late 1800s, the early 1900s. There's, there's no way that, that God's going to grow up somebody else to be the next Billy Graham. There's no way we're going to see all the revivals taking place. Listen, revival starts with you. It doesn't start at Cross Life Church. It starts in your heart. And we need to call ourselves to a daily revival. Listen, we don't, we don't have to have a, a, a planned revival on the calendar to experience revival. We're praying about that right now. Are, God, are you going to send revival to us in 2023? I, I'm praying through that. I'm meeting with our leadership team on Thursday night. That's going to be part of our, our talk. And so y'all pray for that. Pray that God would work that out. But whatever everyone thought would hinder the gospel at this time, God was using Paul in prison to actually advance the gospel. They thought, if we can chain Paul up, we can shut him up. If we can chain Paul up, we don't have to worry about the gospel being preached no more. We've got the main guy. We don't have to worry about it. And instead, Paul used that opportunity. He used the opportunity to bring maybe hundreds to the gospel, maybe even thousands to the gospel by advancing the gospel no matter what the circumstance was. Now, church, let's be honest. Sometimes we get, we get so busy in life, we say, I don't have time to share the gospel. So I, don't, I don't have an extra five minutes in my schedule. We get so busy getting that cup of coffee in the morning that we forget to say good morning to the person that gave it to us. That's the kind of life we live, right? Like it's always go, go, go. I remember, I remember this past week, uh, Tuesday was oh, ridiculously busy for me. I uh, woke up super early, got Riley to school, went to Winston, stayed in Winston all day, got, got here. I needed to go get something to eat so I could make it through the youth meeting that night. Got some energy, and like Tuesday was a blur. Have you ever had days like that? Like, like a day's just a blur? You don't hardly remember anything? But through it all, we take the time to pour into people. As believers, we, we should never be too busy to stop and pour into somebody. We never know that that person sitting in the coffee shop or looking for groceries in the grocery store, what they're going through. And so I'm reminded God can do the unthinkable and He can do it through you. Being on mission doesn't, doesn't mean you have to have it all together. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that the plan is going to work to a T. Uh, if, you've, if you've been on in any events here at Cross Life, you know that, that things go haywire 10 minutes before it starts. That's just the way things work. It never works to a T. Uh, being on mission doesn't mean it will go perfect. Being on mission does mean that we are in it together. It does mean that we're not going to separate, that we're not going to lose sight of the grander plan. Uh, the, the very people that were chained to Paul, those, those guards who were keeping watch over Paul, they were hearing the gospel. And we can't miss the fact that the gospel advances through unlikely events. And now that there is this whole set of greeting going on uh, from these new believers. And then in verse 23, I think we can 
see that Paul absolutely longed for the believers to experience the grace and love of Jesus Christ. They live in this grace with one another knowing that, that simply Christ did it for them and, and they're, they're learning and they're walking together to, to learn this grace as they live in a better world, in a, in a hostile world. Uh, every, every book that Paul writes, he starts it this way. He says, grace to you. Every book he writes. Every book that he writes, he ends it with grace with you. He's extending that grace in the letter beyond what's going on. He says, I want to speak to you again. I want to talk to you again. I'm not ending it right here. I'm not going to end the conversation. Grace with you. Grace with you all. And so even though this series may be ending this morning, it doesn't mean that it, that it stops in what Paul is saying and what he is sharing and how he extends it further. I feel like this has been uh, maybe the most richest uh, series that we have done as a church family. Uh, I, I don't want it to end. Um, I, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed, it, enjoyed digging into it and studying it. But I'm okay with it ending because God says grace with you. Grace with you. And, and no matter what happens next week, and I'll talk about next week uh, towards the end of the service today uh, and what we're going to be doing, that's going to help us get to the next phase and so on and so on. As long as I know that we are in the grace of God, we're good. Uh, the grace is going to be with us forever and ever until Christ returns. And I remember that there, there were three different themes that we've kind of kind of looked at um, in this series so far. And, and, and this is how we're going to kind of wrap it up. I'm going to give you these three things, and I'm going to uh, ask you two questions, and I promise it's not going to take a lot of time. But the first is, we saw that there was a shared identity in Jesus. There was this, uh, this shared identity in Jesus. And then as we moved on through the, the shared identity, we went to the shared experience. The shared experience in Jesus, on mission together. And then... And then uh, chapters 3 and chapters 4, uh, Paul is calling us to a shared calling. A shared calling in Jesus. Being on mission in Jesus. Having a shared calling. When we are called to be a believer in Christ, we have a shared calling. Did you know that? Like, we all believe the same thing. We believe that Jesus died. We believe that Jesus rose. We believe that He's coming back. That's a shared calling. And if we're a Bible-believing church, there should be a shared calling with each of us that we are to live our life on mission for Christ. That it doesn't stop sitting in the pew on Sunday mornings. That it's about going out. It's about sharing it with somebody else and letting them have a shared calling. Let them have a shared experience. Let them have a shared identity. And so those are three things that we've really been looking at uh, that shared identity seems to be involved a little in the beginning of verse 21. He kind of kind of wraps this book up, giving a, a whole picture of everything he's talked about. Paul is saying, this is who we are. The shared experience, Paul is saying in the second half of verse 21, those brothers who are with me, meaning with me in prison, with me in joy, with me in times of hurt, in times of pain, in times of sorrow, the shared calling or, or mission, those in the, the household of Caesar, Although Paul is still in jail, Paul is still on mission. You know, we can learn a lot from that. We can learn a lot from Paul when, when, when life gets difficult. 
or the days seem to get long, or it seems as if we, we just don't have time. We should always be on mission no matter what it may cost. Sure, it may cost us five minutes. It may cost a, a conversation. But God says we are to be on mission. In November, you're going to have an opportunity. And if you're not taking the, uh, uh, the discipleship class on, on Tuesday nights or on Monday nights with our, our video series stuff, uh, I really encourage you to be here. Uh, you are missing out. Uh, you want to grow, you need to come. Uh, leaders, if you, if you, you want to lead well, if you're leading in any aspect of this church whatsoever, how can we ever expect other leaders to be involved if we're not growing ourselves? And so I really encourage you to be here. We are, we're diving in. We're diving in deep. But in November, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the opportunity to take you through some evangelism training that's going to teach you how to share the gospel in the everyday life. Everybody should be here for that. I've been, I'm inviting other churches. Uh, I'm inviting other pastors. I'm praying that God will pack out this place that Tuesday night with people learning how to share the gospel. It's going to be very simple. Very simple. Something as easy as just using your hand if you want to. But I encourage you to do it. I encourage you, if, you, if, you, if you've missed the first three sessions, uh, this coming Tuesday night, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, spiritual gifts. And, and everybody's going to take a, a, a spiritual gift assessment to kind of find out what your gift is. We want to place you in the church where your gift is uh, so that we can, we can help you grow into that. And so I really encourage you to be here. So that's my commercial for Tuesday night. I won't talk any more about it. Y'all come uh, be a part of it. But what does it look like in our context? What does it look like in our circle of friends, in our circle of family, co-workers? Our, our minds as believers should always be to win somebody else to the Lord. The, the statistics show that the average believer doesn't lead one person to the Lord in their lifetime. Church, I, I, read, I read statistics this week that they're saying Christianity is not going to be the majority in, in about 2050. So in about 30 more years, if we don't get our act in gear of leading people to Christ and sharing the gospel, they're saying that we're not going to be the majority in America no more. And that should cut us deep. If you look at, at Salisbury in, in Rowan County or Cabarrus County or Davidson County, you can go down any side road you want to go down and there's three or four churches. And they're saying... We're not reaching them. The reason that, that Cross Life Church was planted four years ago was so that we could reach them. With 70% with, with of the people in Rowan County identifying with no relationship with Jesus Christ, meaning 7 out of 10 homes, 7 out of 10 children at school, 7 out of 10 people you see in the coffee shops or at McDonald's, Statistics are showing they don't know Jesus. And we've got to do something about that. What does that look like in your context? What about your workplace? You, you know people. Do they talk about church on Monday morning? Do they, do, they, do they ever mention the name of Jesus? Within a three-minute conversation, you can kind of find out if somebody knows 
anything about God, if they've ever met Jesus before, you, you can do that. It's a, it's a shared identity. It's a shared experience. It's a shared calling. And so people are coming to Jesus because of the extreme circumstances that Paul is in. While he's in prison, if people are coming to Jesus while the man is in prison, what makes us think that God can't do something with someone out there in our own community? We just have to activate ourselves in conversations with people that we don't know. We have to get comfortable in sharing our faith. Question number one this morning. What happens? What happens as believers when we seek to experience what is called community without a clear understanding of identity. Now, I know that you's not underlined. I tried for, for 10 hours trying to get that you to be underlined, and it just wouldn't end up bothers me. Uh, that's my squirrel for the morning. But what happens as believers when we seek to experience what is called community without a clear understanding of identity? Like who we are in Jesus. Well, what happens? One thing is we, we set ourselves up to be disappointed. Think about that. If I come into a church for you to meet my needs, and if I get involved in some kind of Bible study group, and I want you to meet need after need, and I expect the church as a whole to always get along and never have a hiccup, and have no problems because this is a Christian community. This is the thing. In that scenario, I have my mind set on to be in this perfect community that doesn't exist anywhere. And I'm setting myself up to be disappointed because eventually something's not going to be in line with what I want. We have that. Hey, we, we have a, a mindset that we think this is how things should go, and if things don't go that way, then we're like, I'm out. That's why we say when you come into the doors at Cross Life Church, you are a piece to the puzzle. Remember that Sunday morning that everybody took that Lego piece? If you walk into the foyer and you see that hanging on the wall, that's where that came from. Hey, you, you put your Lego piece in. Now, nobody told you to take your Lego piece out. Nobody's told you that. And so when you put that in, you said, I am in Jesus, I am on mission, I am with Cross Life Church, and I'm going to be here. That was the shared experience, that was the shared identity, the shared calling, all at one point by putting a Lego piece in. Simple Lego piece. We even allowed the kids to do it. Uh, when, when new people join our church, we let them put their Lego piece on to say, you are a piece to the puzzle. And if you haven't had an opportunity to do that, we want to give you that opportunity so that you can have that shared identity. But, but listen, if your Lego piece is half in and half out, I can't help that. We need you all in. If your Lego piece is out, if you took it out, we didn't tell you to take that Lego piece out. That was your doing. So own that. But that's what happens when we experience what is called community without having a clear understanding of an identity. Because listen, I know what God's called Cross Life to do, but ultimately it's up to God what He does. You know, I just follow the calling. I just follow the step. And it's up to us as a church that we, that we dive into that identity and we dive into that community 
because we're trying to have this shared experience without having this real identity of who we are in Christ and who I am to be in Christ and who the church is supposed to be in Christ. That's why Paul begins the book and he ends the book with it. Remember, Paul said to live is Christ and to die is gain. And and you want to know who I am is Christ. That's what he says. Want, Want to know what I rejoice in? I rejoice in Jesus. You want to know who I am? It's Christ. It's not my church. It's not my small group leader. It's not my wife. It's not my husband. It's not my kids. It's Jesus. My identity is in Jesus. Those are not just His words. Because if that is the case, if that's not the case, when I try to live in community, I'm going to be disappointed. And then eventually, uh, you're going to see people turn on each other, and it's not going to go well. When the identity is different, when the bond separates, Remember the Sunday we, we joined around the room and, and we locked arms and we said we will not separate. And the only way that we will separate is when Satan gets in this place. That's the only way it separates. When we stay in Jesus' own mission, we don't separate. We don't separate. There's, there's, no, there's no separation. So Paul roots us in identity. He says, this is who Jesus is, and your righteousness is in Jesus. Your hope is in Jesus. And then and only then can you experience community. Then the illusion of, of whatever you want things to look like is gone. Because you're following Jesus. Now, I, I'm sure we can go around the room today, and we would have... 45 or 50 different responses of what they think the church should look like. Uh, and that's hard. It's hard to meet the needs and the standards of every person that walks in. Those, those dreams that we have, the ambitions that we have at that point, if we have a shared identity and a shared understanding of what it looks like to be in community, it's so much easier to trust in Jesus. Church, we're not here to follow people. We're not here to build build big buildings. We are not here to model a church that we're not. We are here for one reason only, and His name is Jesus Christ. We're here to be on mission in Jesus together, and if that means Jesus calls us to build a building, then we do it. But if that means Jesus calls us to take a different route, a different step, then we do it. We do what Jesus calls us to do. So that we can be on mission and we can do it together. Number two, what happens as believers when we seek to live on mission without a clear understanding of our identity? What happens as believers when we seek to to live on mission without this clear understanding of what our identity is in? I've heard too many stories. Over and over and over in churches, people get fired up to serve and and live on mission without first understanding why we do it. I've seen some really good people serve the church that weren't following Jesus. I've seen some, some really good people lead in churches, but their identity wasn't Christ. We say, I'm going to reach the poor. I'm going to reach the lost. But I'm not going to be really rooted in my identity. So when I go share Christ, it's going to be about my experiences. It's going to be about my joy and my circumstances. And I'm just going to leave Jesus out of the equation. 
That's not how we do it. We, we have to know our story of what our lives look like in Christ. It's not a fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pant mentality that I'm just going to live my life and, and hopefully I'm going to impact somebody by talking to them about my, my experience. Can't do that. Because this is what happens when we do that. If we are not rooted in the gospel and we are not rooted in our identity in Christ, when you come up to somebody and you're trying to share the gospel with them and they know the God's word better than you do because you haven't studied it for yourself, you're going to fall on your face. you got to know your stuff. That's why discipleship is so important. Discipleship is just another word for learner. We want to be learners of the gospel. It, it, it means we're going to grow. It means we don't know it all yet. Listen, I, I, I don't know anybody that knows all of God's Word from the back to the front. I, I don't know anybody that, 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 that knows it that well. I, I, know some, I, I know some great professors that had practically memorized whole books of the Bible. Um, I, I'm not, I can't do that. Uh, I have a hard enough time helping Riley memorize her verse of the week every week. Um, but seriously, the only way that we can be on mission and we can have a clear understanding of our identity is know whose we are in Christ. What matters in the mission is that you know the mission and you know why we do what we do. And church, I'm just encouraging you today. It is time to get fired up about being on the mission, about being the mission. It isn't to fly by the seat of the pants and hope things work out or just putting things on the calendar to say, yep, we did that this year. The mission of Christ deserves much more than that. And if your heart ain't in it, the mission ain't going to happen. Listen, it, it, what happens in ministry, in projects, is what you put into it. It's not about what Pastor Thomas or Pastor Benny can put into it. It's about what you can put into it. it, it the Appalachian Backpack Project. What we, what we put into that is the results we're going to get out of that. Uh, the, the red box ministry with, with collecting shampoo. What, what, what we put into it is what we're going to get out of it. Giving of your, your offerings on Sunday morning. We talked about generosity last week. What you put in is what you're going to get out. Jesus says we need to put in. If we are on mission for any other reason than rejoicing in Jesus, then we're not of one mind. We're not of one accord. Like if I am on mission to, to be this great pastor, then, then I'm on mission for one reason, and you may be on mission to, to, to ease your guilt, or, or maybe it's to get a family member off your back. The problem here is we are serving for two different reasons. Therefore, we are not of the same mind. But if, but if I serve, and I serve as pastor to serve Christ, and you come to church for Christ, then we have a shared identity. That's how things work. It's not about me. It's not about the sermon that, that God puts on my heart. It's about, it's about what I preach through Christ. Most of the time, it doesn't show up right away. Uh, pressure comes, and it crumbles. And when we are on mission for separate reasons, it falls apart because there's nothing there to hold it up. we got to be on one mind. But what if? What if we have a community of people? are truly rejoicing in Jesus. And by rejoicing in Jesus, I'm not talking about 
happiness and, and singing happy songs. But when Paul said rejoice in Christ, he's talking about something much, much deeper. He's talking about who, who do you rely on? Where does, where does your righteousness come from? Where do you turn when life is hopeless? What is your life built on? So if I'm rejoicing in Jesus, and then I am immediately connected to people that are connected with Jesus, whose hope is in Jesus. Then because of the connection we are sent out into this world, that is how we become in Jesus on mission together. If you look at Paul's writings, you're going to see that he always starts with identity. He greets the saints in Christ Jesus, he says. But he also wraps it up. And he says, we're in it together. We're in it together. No matter what happens after today, church, we're in this thing together. Like The glue that, that, that holds us together. When one person struggles, we all struggle. When one person is, is failing, we, we all fail. But we're also there to lift everybody up. And I didn't know what, what other way to, to finish out this series other than asking this question again. Are you truly on mission? Not, not asking about the church. Because if everybody individually can get on mission, the church will be on mission. If everybody can get on the same page and, 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 and be who God's called you to be, the church will be all that God's called it to be. Are you growing in areas that you need to grow? Are you making the time that you need to, to, to make it grow with your church family, your, your family at home and fellowship and Bible study? Is Bible study even a necessity in your home? Is growing together in Christ even a necessity in your home? Does your schedule need some tweaking so that you can make time to build community in your home and in church and root yourself there? What is God showing you? Because I believe a church on mission stays on mission. And this is my prayer. My prayer is for new vision. My prayer is for new ideas. My prayer is for new mission this morning. Maybe today you realize you're not on mission and you need to get on mission. Maybe you're here and you want to fully connect with, with Cross Life and you are ready for, for you and your family uh, to take that step to be on mission with us through, through membership. If that's you, uh, we open our arms wide open for you today. Uh, maybe you need to take that step towards uh, believer's baptism. You never, you've never been immersed in baptism before. Uh, because you finally understand it and you want to show the world that you're going to live for Jesus. If that is you, I invite you to come during this invitational time. Maybe you realize you are lost and you need to be saved. If that's you, I invite you to give your heart to Him today. As our praise team comes and we get ready to sing one last song, I just pray today that the Lord would, would flood this altar with people who are ready to be on mission in the name of Jesus. So let's be, let's be together on mission together in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. And uh, God, right now, I just, I just pray that you would have your will and that you would have your way. Lord, as, as we close off this, uh, 
this series of, of being on mission. Uh, Lord, I pray you would preach and, and, and speak to hearts. Uh, Lord, that you would show them how they need to live on mission for you. Lord, for, for those that are struggling in their walk with you, uh, Lord, I, I pray that they would, they would be serious about, um, about coming to, to the realization of growing and knowing you. Lord, for our families, with their, with their children, God, I pray that they would make uh, study a priority. Uh, Lord, I know we can get wrapped up in so many other things during the week, but Lord, you, the things that we do in our life on a daily basis are things that we can do in the church life as well. Uh, Lord, I believe that. And so, Lord, I pray that we would bring community to us as individuals, as, as church members and church leaders, that we would bring that community to us, that if we're going to be at the coffee shop, then we invite people to join us at the coffee shop. If we're going to be out running, then we invite people to come run with us. If we are going to be out serving somewhere, that God, we would invite people to serve with us. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, invite community to be around us at all times. Uh, Lord, uh, I, I pray for uh, the men and ladies outings this Saturday. Uh, Lord, that it would do nothing but, but grow stronger, the bond that's already there. Uh, Lord, that it would just bring community uh, to that place, that you would dwell your spirit right there in the midst of it. Lord, you just have your way and you have your will during this invitational time. What a beautiful name the name of Jesus is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all stand with us as we close.